welcome to C3 Wellington and Hutt City. Need something fresh, real and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get podcast notifications, updates on events, collective groups and a whole lot more. We're so glad you're joining us for a powerful and thought-provoking message from one of our pastors. We would love to hear how God has touched you in your life. Get in touch through our website, c3churchwellington.nz. So, sit back and enjoy this message. This morning we're talking about honour, and it is week three, uh, sorry, week four. Let me catch myself up. Week four, I missed one because I didn't, get, I didn't preach last week. Who enjoyed last week when we talked about love, loving one another? Did I get it right? This, I got it right. Loving one another, wasn't that awesome? Pastor Beck's doing a phenomenal job on two hours sleep. I honour you for that, honey. I think you left everything on the table at church and then we just crashed. But, uh, but I really appreciate what you had to share and how practical it was. Uh, but we're in week four of the series Practical. And just to catch you uh, up, this is a series about what it means, what, what does it look like to follow Jesus when it reaches our hands and our feet? What does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? What are our action, what does the action of our lives look like? I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm, I'm all about relationship. I'm all about the internal, the internal transformation that happens when you meet Jesus. The last thing I ever want to do is create a church of people thinking that their action justifies them or their action saves them or, or, or that if I do this, I'm accepted and if I don't do that, I'm not. And that is a fallacy. You are valued and what sets your value is the blood of Jesus Christ, not what you do. Can I get an amen to that? But this Christian life is an internal, it's an inside out transformation. We become a new creation. We get born again, a second chance of life. The Holy Spirit moves in and takes up residence in our, in our lives and starts to degree by degree change us, transform us into the image of Jesus Christ. We start to become image bearers, reflectors of the nature of God to the world around us. And so there, there's, there's a certain way, there's a certain some things, there's some, there's some family values, if, if there's some kingdom values when you're part of the family of Jesus that as you stick close enough to Him, you're going to start to be, they're going to be evident in your life. I say that a lemon tree is a lemon tree because it produces lemons. I love it. And so as a Christian, there are fruit that we are going to produce when we stick in relationship with Jesus. And so that's what the series is all about. And we've covered off faith. We've covered off generosity. We've covered off love. And this morning we're covering honour. Honour. If you've got your word this morning, and if you want to honour the speaker and take notes, that would be an awesome thing to do. We're in Romans 12 verse 10. Our key scripture is this. Love one another with brotherly affection. Bex preached on that last Sunday. And the second part of Romans 12 verse 10 says this. Outdo one another in showing honour. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you're a God that honours. I thank you that you honour and bestow honour upon every person here. I thank you that it is a kingdom principle. Father God, it is a challenge to the culture of this country and it can be destabilising for us, Kiwis. But Father, we want to bring heaven to earth. So God, I pray even now that we would open our hearts, that we would lean in, and Holy Spirit, you would minister 
to us, speak truth to us, and that we might see heaven invade this church and through this church, this community, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Honour. I will get to our culture a bit later on. But to honour something is to regard it or to hold it in great respect. To honour something is to, to pay public respect to something. That's another definition, to publicly respect something. Another definition is to full, fulfil an obligation or keep an agreement. I love the scripture because it says that we're to outdo one another in showing honour. This whole series, Practical, is about, is about love in action, faith in action, generosity in action. I love that honour is something that is an action. It's not just something that we keep up here and we internalise. We get to show it. We get to speak it. We get to act it in our deeds. We get to show honour. And like I said, honour is a principle of the kingdom of heaven. See, God honours mankind. And we find this in Psalm 8 verses 4 and 5. says, what, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honour. In creation, he goes on to say that he's given us rule over and dominion over the earth, over every beast of the field, every fish of the sea, that God placed honour upon mankind and that we get to be the image bearers of God, that we get to be the reflectors of God is an honour given to humankind. No matter if you believe in God or not, he has honoured you there, every single person. God also honours and plays a special honour upon those who would dwell with Him. In our last message series, we talked. Uh, it was called Above All. And it, was, it, was, it was a message series around holiness, but our key scripture was this. Uh, what, what is the one thing that I crave? What is the one thing that I seek above all else? David asks. That I might dwell in the house of the Lord all my days. That I might gaze upon the loveliness of your face. And I spend the rest of my days close to you, close to you, to dwell close. God honours this. In Psalm 91 verse 1, He says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That is the first verse. And the last verse says this, When, when He calls to me, this, when He calls to me, when He calls to God, I will answer Him, Christian. I will be with Him in trouble. I will rescue Him and honour Him. Those that cry out in their distress, those that say, God, I need you right now, wherever you find yourself in life, God just saying, if you cry out, He will come and rescue you and He will lift you up and He will honour you. It's the promise of God. God is a God who honours. And we're called to honour God. Last uh, two Sundays ago, I spoke on generosity and we spent a bit of time camping out on tithing. And this church teaches tithing because tithing is honouring God. That's what it is. We, we, it's showing honour. It's honour in action. And, and God rewards honour. He rewards it. He doesn't reward selfish ambition, but He rewards honour. So the, pu- the, the, the motivation of your heart, God, I bring the first. God, I, I honour you. I love you. I put my trust and my faith in you. I bring the first, the first of my increase that you've given me back to you. I honour you. God rewards the heart that honours the response of worship in that moment. It says in Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, it says, Honour the Lord. Honour the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. 
The promise is this, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. God is a rewarder of those who would honour Him. I want to camp out this morning uh, in one, 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 one story of Jesus in, in the book of Matthew. And it shows the difference when a group of people show honour and a group of people don't show honour. And uh, that's Matthew 13, 53 to 58. And this is, the, this is the story, I'll read it to you. And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there and coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue. And so they were astonished and said, now they were astonished, <laughs> but not maybe the astonished that we might think, and said, where did this man get the wisdom in these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this, is this, is not his mother Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? When did this man get all these things? Where did he get all these things from? And they took offense at him. And but Jesus said to him, A prophet is not without honour except in his hometown and his own household. And it says in the last verse here, and he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. I'm telling you, honour is critical. Honour is so important. It is so important. And so I want to spend the next little bit of our time talking about what opposes honour. What opposes honour? See, the Bible calls us to, uh, to honour the family, honour our parents. It tells us to honour the government. And it tells us to honour in church. It says that a leader is worth double honour. And you can say, well, Steve, you're the leader. You said it's been double. Yeah, look, I tell you, I've been a leader for a year and a half, but I'm 42 years old. And I've still got leaders. But I'm just, I've, I've grown up my life in the seat, not here in the microphone. And so, look, I'm telling you something. There is something in New Zealand we don't like to lift up. We don't like to elevate. We don't like to extend the respect and the glory. We think that it's hard in our country. But, but you've got to hear it. It's so important that we get this heart of the kingdom of God and that we honour one another. What opposes honour? There's so many things we could talk about. I want to camp on one thing. I want to camp out on Jealousy. Jealousy. Where did this man get these, this wisdom and these mighty works? Isn't this a carpenter's son? Isn't this, isn't this Mary's son? Aren't his brothers and his sisters? Isn't he just like one of us? Why, how, does, how come he's doing all these amazing things right now? Isn't he just one of us? Who does he think he is? What, what spirit is driving that position, that heart, that attitude? Jealousy is an emotion driven by feelings of insecurity and fear. It creates concern and envy over relative lack of possessions, status, or something of great personal value, particularly in reference to a comparator. Jealousy stirs up envy in the hearts of the person, normally towards someone else. And jealousy, jealousy is hostile towards a rival or one believed to enjoy an advantage. They grew up with Jesus. This is, Jesus just had an ordinary, like, blue-collar upbringing. He was the carpenter's son. He, he just, he, he, there wasn't anything special about that. 
But the one thing Jesus did was he was always in his father's house, always learning, always. He, he honoured his father, and he, his heavenly father, and he went and he learned and he studied and he poured. And then at the right time, the right time God exalted him into his ministry. And all of a sudden, this, this guy that was just Jesus comes back and he's doing miracles and he's doing signs and wonders. And you would have thought that his hometown would have been excited. His hometown would have been, come on, Jesus, this is incredible. But no, there was some other, there was some other spirit that gripped this community. Who does he think he is? Let's pull him down to our level. Who, you're not more important than us, buddy. You can just, just take your seat, take a back seat and see what happened in that moment was that he could not do any miracles. Jesus' ministry was shut down in that town. Isn't that incredible? I find that incredibly, incredibly um, overwhelming that, the, that Jesus, the Son of God, was not able to minister in a spirit of unbelief, offence, and jealousy. Proverbs 27 verse 4 says, Wrath is cruel and anger is overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? The thing about jealousy, it can be so insidious. It can be so within us. And, and I tell you, we can, we can, it's devious. It's devious. We can justify it. It cloaks itself in niceties and, and pleasantries. But it's often dressed up as criticism. Jealousy is a fault finder. It looks for fault to hone in on that thing. And when, when someone else sees it, you're like, yeah, 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 I see, you know, saw that too. And, 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 it, and it's normally because we, we are insecure about where someone else is at. Jealousy is a fault finder. But here's the thing, man, and this is the truth. Jealousy is common to all. It's common to all. It's part of our flesh. It's part of our inherited nature as the fall of Adam, the, the sin of Adam and our Adamic nature is part of our inheritance. We are born with that. It's been documented that jealousy is prevalent in, in as, as young as five-month-old ch children. Jealousy has been documented in every culture of every generation. It is the, it's a humanity issue. And jealousy sits in opposition to the culture and kingdom of heaven of honour. It's very hard to honour someone that you are jealous of. 1 Corinthians 3, 3 says this, For you are still of the flesh, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? I, this brings me great courage. You see, because when you're a new creation in Jesus, he says the old has passed away and the new has come. And he doesn't just leave us to try and white knuckle our way through life and try and just be good. But he sends his spirit. He puts the spirit of God within. It says the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. And you see, we don't have to allow a, a, a jealousy. We don't have to hang on to jealousy. But we can, like Jesus, crucify jealousy on the cross of Jesus Christ and be free from it. We can be free of it. Jealousy is demonic. It's demonic. It is a rival 
to the kingdom of God. It is a rival to the spirit of God in your life and in my life. James 3, 13 to 16 says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and self-ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Come on, it's common to the flesh. It's common to all men. But look, we don't need to tolerate it. We don't have to endure it. We don't have to hang on to it. We need to crucify it. Why are we hanging here on jealousy? You said this is about honour. Because here's my question. What is the internal dialogue of your heart and the external dialogue of your mouth? Are they aligned? Are they aligned? Are we saying one thing but thinking another? I'll tell you just recently, within the last two weeks, I heard of an amazing story that happened to a C3 church here in our country. Amazing, amazing, miraculous story. And this church is just blowing up. It's a new church and it's blowing up. And this voice came in. Like I was like, I was putting messages on uh, the C3 pastor's WhatsApp saying, yeah, that's awesome. Like everyone else, that's awesome. But internally I was going, what about us? Why, why aren't we growing? Why aren't we blowing up? Why are, uh, and I was actually having a pity party inside in here. But out here I was going, yay, like a good pastor. Yay, you know, like this is awesome. That's so great. And I'm inside going, it's not what about me? Jealousy, it's, it's, it's disgusting. It, it, it just eats away at us. It causes, it, it, just, just, it just pulls us down. And I had to confess that. I, had to, I got on the phone and I was talking to one of the other pastors and I said, man, I've got this battle. And I, and, I, and, I want, and, and I just prayed through it and to the point where I could actually be happy. Why would I not be happy that miracles are happening in this country? Why would I not be happy to see something raised up and, and the kingdom of God advance? Isn't that what I, I'm so passionate about? Yet something in me clicked and jealousy took over and I couldn't be happy for them. That's ridiculous. But it happens, doesn't it? It happens. Are you truly happy for that person who's pregnant? Are you truly happy for that person that got the promotion? Are you truly happy for that couple that got engaged? Are you truly happy for that person that got that ministry opportunity? Or that person that got that recognition? When we honour people, when we honour Kirsty, are you genuinely happy for Kirsty? You're sitting there going, how come I don't get singled out? How come? Come on, we've got to kill jealousy because it's in opposition to what God wants to do. See, there's, there's a really important thing and I want to get to it now. I'm just going to jump to it because unity is where the Holy Spirit moves. Jealousy breaks unity. Honour brings the flow. Jealousy stops the flow. Okay, let's, let's talk about tall poppy syndrome, shall we, Kiwis? So I was fortunate to spend five very informative years of my life in America. And... From the ages of, age of 10 to the age of 15, I lived in the States. I went back in my adult life for six months as well. And I'm very fond of America. I'm very fond 
of the culture of America. Now, I've said this before, there are some things of the American culture we don't want, but there are some things we should absolutely want. And one of the, cult, one of the, one of the key undergirding uh, uh, values of the American culture is honour. They know how to honour. They know how to honour. And I'm telling you, Kiwis, we are, this is an area where we struggle. So there's this thing called the tall poppy syndrome. And I wondered if it was just a New Zealand thing or an Australasian thing. And you know what? It actually kind of is. When you Wikipedia, it talks about just this Australasian, like it was spoken in Britain, but then like Britain's moved on and we've just hung on to it. Like we've hung on to this thing. And it's, very, it's basically this, um, where have I got the tall? The tall poppy syndrome describes aspects of culture where people of high status are resented, attacked, cut down or criticised because they've, they've, they've been class, classified as superior to their peers. How dare you think that you're better than me? Come back down. We'll, you're getting too big for your boots. We'll just pull you back down to size. That's our Kiwi culture. It's not kingdom culture. Look, I, I'm, I'm so, and here's what I think we're concerned about. We're concerned because New Zealanders don't like people that are puffed out, egotistical, and think they're, they're God's gift. We don't like pride. New Zealanders don't like pride. We're like the stiff upper lip, she'll be right, mate, it's all good. Nuts. If you've broken your leg, nuts, right, just just a little bit sore. You know, your leg's broken, mate. No, that's so good. You know, we, 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 we like that kind, of, that kind of humility. Whether it be false humility or, or real humility, we love that. That's, that's ingrained in who we are. So we're concerned that if we elevate, if we praise, if we respect, if we honour, if we pass on honour, that that person's going to get puffed up and proud and we're doing them a disservice. So we think it's probably better that we just pull you back down, mate. We don't want you to get up there. We don't want you to get where there's no oxygen, where you can't breathe. We're just bringing you back down into the crowd. We don't have to be fearful of pride. Proverbs 15.33 says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction and wisdom, and humility comes before honour. Proverbs 22.4 says that the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honour. In life, humility comes before honour. God's worked on that person so they can actually handle it. They can handle it. Our job is to give it. It's not our job to judge whether or not the pride of their, is this going to lead them to pride? No, trust that God has humbled them. Trust that God has put them in a position to be able to handle it. But you honour and I honour. Luke 14, 7, 11, Jesus said this, Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the place of honour, saying to them, When you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honour. Lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him, and he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person, and then you'll begin with shame to take the lower place. But when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your hosts come, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. God will exalt the humble. But we think it's our job <laughs> to humble the humble sometimes. <laughs> oh man, can we be a church? Can we be a people that will honour, that will see the good on someone's life? 
and will say, man, God, look at that. That is worthy of celebration. That is worthy of praise. That is, that is worthy of is the exhortation. That is worthy. I will honour that on you. I mean, I just love being at a Rise conference this last couple of nights, a uh, couple of days and nights, and so good. And there were 352 churches gathered from around this nation coming into one conference. I love that Arise Church puts it on, but they put it on for the Church of New Zealand. And we get so blessed by it, so blessed by it, to have such an outstanding conference in our back doors. And our back door is amazing. Like world-class, world-class speakers, world-class worship. But the thing I love it is when 352 churches come together, something happens in unity. And there was so much honour. Every speaker was honoured. Every speaker that spoke honoured the other speakers. It was like an honour. It was like, it was exactly what the verse says. Outdo one another in showing honour. Those guys were like having an honour competition. It was awesome. But it wasn't pride. It wasn't, oh, I'm going to be the guy that gives the most honour. That's pride. It's just like, man, you deserve it. You deserve it. Like I'm honoured to share the ministry platform with you, that you, you know, and what God's done on your life. And, I, and, and I've got, I've got four or 5,000 people here, so I'm going to take this moment to say, because they don't know the grind, they don't know the graft, they don't know the times on the knees, they don't know the battle it, it takes to, to, to do something significant for God. And we can sit in our seats and just judge it. We can do drive-by judging, don't we? And we can sit there and judge the worship. And we don't know the grind, we don't know the graft. And I love that these guys get it, and they honour and I love that everyone stands to their feet and honours. And there's something in that action which just pulls us together and it pulls heaven down. I think we're concerned that we're giving glory to man and not to God. I think that would be, would that be fair? I think New Zealanders are concerned that we're glorifying man and not God. But let me tell you something, when we glorify what God's doing in something, we're glorifying God. Jealousy kills unity. Listen to this, Psalm 133. Almost there, guys. How truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. It's a precious, as a sacred scent oil, scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his bed and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. Unity. Unity is like the oil poured upon Aaron's head that dripped down his bread, bread, his beard, down his robe, right down to the edge. This heavenly harmony can be compared to the dew dripping down from the skies upon Mount Hermon, refreshing the mountain slopes of Israel. For from this reality of sweet harmony, God will release his eternal blessing, the promise of life forever. When there's unity, the power of God moves not just from the head, but right out to the extremes of the body. The body of Christ is called to be dripping with oil, called to be covered in the presence and power of Jesus. There's a story of a woman who saw Jesus walking through a crowd and she had a, an illness, a sickness, an issue of blood, the word tells us, and in her desperation, 
she pushed herself through the throng of people and reached out. And all she could touch was the hem of, of Jesus' robe. But there was power. There was anointing. There was oil that dripped from the top down to the bottom. And even in touching the hem, she was restored. It says, Jesus stopped and said that, that power has gone out of me. Who touched me? And this woman said it was me. And he said, go, your faith has made you well. Come on, aren't you glad that the power of God, the presence of God, the oil of God flowed to the hem? You know, not everyone can get in touch with the head. Not everyone can spend time with the head. You are the hands and feet of God, of Jesus in your workplace. Come on, are we, are we dripping in oil? Or is jealousy are these criticism, are these things disunifying us? Are these things, break, are, they, are they causing a dryness to the edges? Come on, we want to be a church where we are unified. We want to be a church where we are together. We, look, I'll tell you something. Honour doesn't, doesn't say that we're perfect. Two things. First, it says that love can cover a multitude of sins. That it's loving to, 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 to not inflame a situation. Proverbs says it's loving to hide your, cover your brother. And Noah's sons did this. Well, some of Noah's sons did this. Noah rescued earth, rescued humanity and a whole lot of animals. For 40 days and 40 nights, the cat was out to sea with his family, came to rest on a mountain, finally took a long time for the water to subside, came out through a party, got drunk. I'm not saying he should have got drunk, but I can't begrudge the guy. He's been at sea for such a long time. Now, I'm not saying it's okay, but come on. Like, and one of his sons mocked him because he ended up lying naked in his tent. Mocked him and dishonoured him. The other son honoured him. He backed in and lay the, 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 the blanket upon Noah and covered his nakedness. That's honour. We cover one another. We protect one another. We're not looking to find fault. We're looking, how can we, how can we show the good? How can we display the good? If you, if you want your children to go in a direction, just honour what's good in their life. Don't keep criticising what's negative and what's bad. Speak over them what you want them to be, where you want them to go. Honour. It's such an important, such an important thing. Honour is recognising success. Honour is esteeming value. Honour is championing the good. Honour is highlighting the best of someone. Honour is speaking life. Honour is exalting what is praiseworthy. Honour is acknowledging authority. Hmm. I mean, honour is just turning up on time or early. That's honour. That's honour. Come on, we need a high grace culture in this church. A high grace culture. But we need a zero tolerance culture to disunity. We've got to cut it out. We want the oil of God to flow. We want the hem of the garment of this church to be dripping with oil. We want people to come in here and experience the love of Jesus Christ. And just like Jesus' hometown, do you know that we can have an impact on that? 
that you and I can impact the atmosphere of this environment. A speaker said once to a room full of pastors, he said, you might find yourself in a season where you're preaching and it doesn't feel like things are happening or things are moving and things are like, just, just doesn't feel like we're getting breakthrough, that people aren't receiving Jesus or it doesn't feel like there's just, just feels like there's a wall there. And, and you can start taking that upon yourself that maybe there's a ministry diminishing upon your life and maybe there's something wrong with you. And, and we've got to go to what we've got to work on the oil within us. Every one of us has to work on the oil within us. But let me say, it doesn't matter how anointed the person is, if the room is not unified, if the room is not honouring, if the room, if the people aren't, it will shut it down. If you can shut down Jesus, and they did, come on, can we be a church that honours?